we call this? Grubs Games? Games and Grub? Games and Grub. Best podcast on the planet. You guys are great. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. It's Games and Grub with your host, Brian Gallagher. Hey, we know Brian Gallagher. Gallagher has trained for months and months for this moment. Zach Passios. The Mr. Zachary Passios. Some are saying that he's rivaling the talents of Zachary Passios. And Aiden Hatton. Aiden is like Kyler Murray. I've coined him the Marquette Marvel because what can't he do? Live on Marquette Radio. That's right, live from the Marquette Radio Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It is Radio's Restaurant, the Saloon of Sports Talk, from the diner booth to the radio booth, Games and Grub, right here on MUR. We've got a great show coming up for you, and I am blessed to be alongside my two co-hosts. First, sitting to my right, Zachary Pasios. How are we doing today, boys? And to my left, Brian Gallagher. Doing great. How are we doing? It's, good. it's great to be here. Great to be not in the Marquette Radio studio today, but we are. I think we're exactly two years late to the trend of bringing your work home, not going into the office. You know, usually we're, we go into the office 10:30, 10:25 if we're on time. We had 10:25 a.m. on Saturdays. This is just a little different. We had some of those Zoom calls, but it feels good to be in person in a spot that's not the radio studio, just vibing, talking Big East back, basketball, talking NFL, just getting back into the groove of things. Corporate America lingo. This is a WFA, a work from anywhere. Working that's from right. Anywhere. Working from anywhere. We're about as late as anyone to the work from home trend. We are doing a show from our home studio. That's right. Not on the Marquette campus, not in Johnson Hall, not from the Marquette Radio Studios, but from home. And why? Because the two guys sitting in front of me are headed to New York for the Big East Tournament. I unfortunately will not be joining them, but I know sure as H-E double hockey sticks that they will be as rowdy as anyone for those games. And let's start there with the Big East Tournament. Marquette is a five seed heading into Thursday's matchup against number four Creighton. Confidence that you guys have so far in the bracket from a Marquette fan standpoint. But before I even touch on confidence in the bracket, I'm going to talk about confidence in just the Big East tournament being a great event. Yeah, the collective. <laughs> okay. No, I'm with you, Brian. You know, two years ago, around this time, you guys were basically on the train, you know, on, on the tarmac, ready to ready to get up in the plane and go down to New York. I don't know how you guys were getting there, but it was canceled last minute. It was the last tournament to be playing basketball at that time before everything was canceled for two years. Now everybody's back. New York, back. Big East basketball, back. Upsets back, March back. I'm with you on that trend, Brian, and, and UConn coming back to what will be their really their first time fully back at MSG uh, in a while is going to be a rowdy crowd, Providence fans. We realize six of those Big East teams are within five hours, yeah. four hours, and then you got the Marquette, Creighton, Butler, uh, Xavier out here trying to make the trek to New York. It's going to be a good one. To Paul. <laughs> Can't forget about DePaul and Freeman Liberty. But looking at the bracket, Aiden, uh, going back to your question, I like I like what the Big East did this year. I like how it 
played out. Of course, it wasn't uh, what everyone expected at the beginning of the year. Xavier being that eight seed, and even those higher seeds getting up there. Uh, Providence, who was picked, I believe, sixth to finish the conference, being that number one seed. From a Marquette fan perspective, Providence, Providence was. I'm looking at him right now. Fact check you. Providence was supposed to be the seventh ranked Se- team. Seventh. Marquette the ninth. Five and six spots above their projected ranking. Yep, Xavier was supposed to be up there with the great talent that they have, and they're on that upper portion of the bracket as well. I like where Marquette Marquette stands uh, against a tough Creighton team with McDermott having his guys shooting very well, although they did lose their starting point guard a couple weeks ago. Yeah, let's talk about that game. So Creighton, you can control what you can control, right? So Marquette can control their game against Creighton. They know their opponent, which the top four seeds do not. That's regardless of this conversation. Let's talk about the Creighton game. You talked about how Nemhard just had wrist surgery out for the rest of the season. Greg McDermott, I think personally, is one of the best coaches in this entire conference. Yeah, absolutely. You know his team's going to come buttoned up. Come this time of the year, they're going to come. They're going to play hard. They're going to play a little physical. Uh, and I think that just expecting that, expecting it to be kind of a dogfight like that DePaul game and and it's whether we stay composed or not is going to be the difference uh, down the stretch here. If it, if it wasn't Cooley this year and it couldn't be Shaka, I wish that it was... There's part of the Greg McDermott experience. Uh, that's our dog Humphrey there. But Greg McDermott has really got this team together. If they shoot well from the three-point line, we're going to have a tough time stopping them. I think Daryl Morsell's mid-game is going to have to show up in this Big East tournament. Do you think he's going to just have to take over and be the dominant guy for us to win? I feel like or do you think it's going to take the other people to step up? Because it could be Morsell scoring 30, playing lockdown defense, doing it all. It could be that. Or it could be guys like Cam Jones steps up, Tyler Kolick maybe makes a three or two. Maybe. Who knows? No, I don't. Anything can happen. I'm, I'm, I don't think so, Brian. I think Daryl compliments our offense, if anything. So we need him to take over at times. But m- more often than not, we need our regulars, our Justin Lewis's, our Cam Jones threes, okay. all right. Just, our Olivier Mar- Maxon's Prosper layups. We I need, need you all guys that. To stop and close your eyes real quick and just visualize with me. Oh here. boy. Okay. Home studio. We're closing our eyes. Home studio away game because it's in Madison Square Garden. Not Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, you know what? We're just playing Creighton because we're not even worried about the future here. We're playing Creighton. Mm-hmm. It's a packed stadium. It's Thursday. People are hyped to be there. It's the Big East tournament. It's back. Justin Lewis, pick and roll. Pass from Kolick. Back, scratch, dunk. Humphrey's catches, paws going off against the hardwood. The place goes nuts. I'm there for that to happen. Justin Lewis, big time dunks in Madison Square Garden. Tell me it's not going to happen. I don't know about Creighton's got Creighton's got really good pick and pick and roll defense. So I'm I'm concerned with Justin Lewis going down to the hoop there. If we can get Daryl Morsell in a roll, if we can get the rest of the team going, I'd be pumped. Moving moving off of that Marquette game though, how do you think this lower lower part of the bracket develops here with Villanova, UConn as the two three, and then a couple interesting matchups with those lower tier Big East teams, St. John's, DePaul, and Seton Hall, Georgetown. I know we both we all actually went to that DePaul game uh, earlier last week. And I think we all believe DePaul's going to win that game against St. John's after seeing what we did to St. John's. St. John's fought last week against Marquette. I but think that would be a good game. I'm not sure to – I'm not yet claiming DePaul is the winner of that game. I still think Champagny is one of the three best scorers in this conference. And I'm not ready to give a prediction on that yet. I know that's 
you know, me as a little bit of a castration point here, but I think that that's still going to be a toss-up of a game. Wasn't that the game last two years ago, DePaul versus St. John's? That was, or I believe it was Creighton versus St. John's. It was Creighton versus somebody. That was the game that was canceled at halftime because of the pandemic. Yeah, I know it was a St. John's game, but I mean, that's back to the... Uh Back to the home court thing. St. John's is a team that's going to have the home court out there. Uh, you know, DePaul, they have they have been hot. I think they won their last, was it four games of the year? Yep. Yep. So they're going hot into this. You, you want to get hot at the right times. Mm-hmm. You can't really say Marquette's going into the tournament hot. We're not going, we're not sliding in, but we're certainly not, you know, on the call. We've won, lost, one lost. Yeah. So it's it's nothing nothing bad, nothing to be scared of, like Xavier in that eight seed who's lost five of their last six. But you know, um, the, the other game that bottom firmly, half of the bracket, firmly on the bubble too, we should mention Xavier. Firmly. I don't even know if they're on the bubble at this point, Aiden. I think they need that bubble. they can't lose to Butler here. They they cannot if they want to make the Big East tournament we want to have a seven bid conference, they a cannot first, live to, but, lose a first, to Butler. A first a first round loss for them would be huge and might knock them out of the tournament. So and Xavier's one of my favorite teams in this conference i did the broadcast with my guy matt yazel for that game for the home game and Fremantle and nunji are that one two punch down low it they're my two favorite big men in this conference and i think they could do something if paul scruggs can become a leader in new york in the middle of manhattan that's a team i wouldn't sleep on you want to talk about big men in the big east I, Adama Sunogo. Oh, get out of here. UConn, three seed. They have the first round bye. They're going to play the winner of Seton Hall versus Georgetown. All right. Now, I don't want to say that there's an easiest game to play, but if there is, it's playing Georgetown. Seton Hall, they have height. They have Ike Obiagu, shot blocking monster. He's seven foot, he's seven foot two, I think. He's massive. And that's what you need to guard Sunogo. You, you got to fact check yourself on that one. You yeah. need size, all right? Seven foot two, seven foot two. Okay. There you go. They also the have studios. Miles Kale, who's an unbelievable veteran scorer. I'm not sure I'm too frightened about Seton Hall. I think both those Villanova and UConn at the bottom of that uh, bracket are coming out alive. But going back to your Creighton point, or Xavier point, Aiden, that Xavier team was loaded preseason, absolutely loaded, Fremantle. And the boys, We thought I thought they were going to be one of the top teams in the Big East, and not a single one of their players made the first or second team all Big East. East this year so Creighton Xavier Xavier sorry so I don't know if that's Travis Steele's fault they definitely had a disappointing year in terms of their talent I mean no they doubt. right don't they have one of the best roster more a veteran roster compared to many in the Big East Creighton's running low with with some freshmen Marquette's got a lot of freshmen and meanwhile you have these older teams that tend to have more success in March like say a Providence Say a Villanova with Colin Gillespie and a UConn. I mean, this is this is coming up to be a great Big East tournament here. All right, let's take a quick break. We fit about ten minutes in the Big East action. Yeah, you know we could we could talk this Big East basketball all night, but you know what the fact of the matter is, the games played no, on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. None, none of us have a crystal ball. None of us. It is what it is. The games will play out how they play out. That's it. That's all there is to it. And I'm going to have a hell of a time enjoying them. And so you know all you do, too. So you know what? We can come back to Big East, obviously, throughout this entire show. And I would say you can call us at 414-288-7091, but we're doing this show remotely, so we have no phone lines. And we can't 
bring in phone calls from our home studio. But you know what we can do from our home studio? We can invite guests in. Live interviews. Exactly. With the athletes that usually call in. And that's why we take a break to bring those valued, valued fans of our show on. And that's why we have planned to have one of our most loyal listeners on the show way to go bridget herself and we're we'll insert the drop right here way to go bridget herself bridget hughes bridget welcome to the show hi thank you so much i'm so excited oh you sound so clear you sound ready to roll (laughs) you're not going to new york for the biggest tournament but you are going where you are going somewhere for spring break correct yes yeah I will be going to Panama City, Florida. Are we uh, doing another service trip down there? Or what's yeah, going Panama on? City Beach. And then, insert air quotes, service trip. <laughs> We're building houses for hurricane relief. It's through an organization at Marquette called Mardi Gras. Zach is slapping the floor like Shaka in disbelief. <laughs> that sounds pretty official. It sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Are you also going to get a little bit of time to soak up the sun? We will. Usually at nights we get to kind of explore the city. It's a dry trip, so nothing, nothing too crazy. But um, we'll get to <laughs> go to the beaches, see the sunsets, see the, see the sights, try some restaurants. It'll be good. Which kind of food are you most excited to try? I love all the southern type like po' boys. I love, love, love. And so like shrimp po' boys are some of my favorites. This is a, uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but this is a national show and not everybody, I don't international. Yeah, what really is, knows I don't what know a po' boy is. Joe from Toronto, international. International with Joe from Toronto. Um, a po' boy is a type of sandwich that was popularized, I think, in New Orleans, actually. Um, but usually it ha- it's a um, kind of a sub-type bread. It's toasted um, with mayo, lettuce, other toppings, Cajun seasonings. So my favorite is shrimp, um, but you can get whatever you want. They do andouille sausage. Can you get it with, like, crawfish? You know, yes, like, yeah, yeah? Cause yeah. that sounds like a definitely one of those things down south and and you're going down there. That's awesome. That actually looks, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, Aiden. This thing looks like it could be wow. on my oh, list of best at, food to eat this week. Look at the name of that's it. A, so that's a po' boy, boy spelled P-O apostrophe B-O-Y. Also known as boy, Brian. And it was popularized <laughs> well, because yeah, with the, with the apostrophe. It cost a Apostrophe dime. or hyphen? Um, and people would come get them at their lunch break, so it was for the whole boys to oh, get for their like lunch. The working, for like yeah. the working class, that's really cool. Have you been to Panama City before? I haven't ever, no. Oh, um, I was, so I was gonna excited. I was gonna ask you for recommendations because I'll also be down there. <laughs> Not with your group. <laughs> What's up with people going to Panama City instead of the Big East tournament? What do you think where do you think that comes from? Are you trying to escape the oh, cold? Are you asking me or Bridget? Both. Has the winter been too harsh on you two or what's the deal? Yeah, for me personally, I am excited to see the sun again. Definitely. <laughs> Can't argue with that. And I will be tuning into the Big East tournament, but it's expensive to go in person. So all right, all right, Bridget. So let's let's go there. Let's set the scene. It's Saturday, right, or Sunday? Big East Championship would be Saturday. Set the scene. It's Saturday night in Florida. I will not be there Saturday night. I will be in Nashville. Hopefully, on Saturday night. Only spending one night in Nashville. It's Saturday night. Hopefully, 
I'm sitting there on Broadway watching Marquette play X in the Big East Tournament Championship. I'm not talking Xavier. I'm talking about any game. Xavier. I'm like, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. Any any team. Insert random Big East team. Insert random Big East team. Marquette. Villanova. Insert random team. Marquette plays them in the Big East Championship. How rowdy will you be knowing that you won't be at home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Well, that's hard, but I also will be with a group of like 35 Marquette students. So I'd say that we're Very kind of fair. bringing Marquette and that kind of energy wherever we go. So we're going to be coming off of a 20-hour drive, the overnight drive that we do. Ooh. Um, which is a little exhausting, but I'm hoping that we can catch a second win to watch the game and really bring it home. So, Bridget, yeah. we know we know you're an avid Marquette fan. I feel like you're at every single game. I feel like I never go to a Pfizer Forum game and you're not there. Like, uh, almost an annoying amount. Correct. Yeah. What has been your favorite <laughs> game to go to this season? Oh, that's a hard... That you remember. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we can do from the home studio. Hey, now. I think that Aiden's family would disagree with that. But, um... <laughs> Alright, let's go. We need an answer. What does that mean? Chop, chop. I don't... I need, like, a... We're gonna have to put the Jeopardy music under this. I can't. I'm really bad under pressure. Wow. Um... Oh, give me, like, a top five to choose from. I need options. Okay, so... We, were at, we had this on the topic list, or at least I put it on there in this okay. idea. A recap of National Marquette Day, which we did not do a show for, because yes. that was last weekend. Yeah. Is that, that was a really fun game. But does that make the list? I would say that's in my top five of the season. Who'd they play? Butler. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. That was definitely in my top five of the season, but How about- I think we knew they were going to win that one. Okay, so let's just go back game by game. I would, last... I would agree with that one. That was good insight by Bridget there. I would agree that that game, I had, even when we were down for most of the first half, we had no thoughts of losing it. No. We were fully in no. control, right. and, and we're going to run through that one. I don't know why that is. It has to do with some people's prior intakes during the day. But <laughs> let's go back to last weekend against St. John's Senior Night. It was the last game. Yeah. Last home game of the season. They made me nervous there would for you, a second. Okay, so would you put that ahead of National Marquette Day in terms of the best games of the year that you've been to? I think I would, actually. I think that that would, that would be two or three for the year. That wasn't the best that they've played, but that was great energy, stadium packed. Everyone, like, last our last senior game, which was huge. So That's right. That was, I would say that's that's two or three for me for sure. No doubt that was one of the better environments, probably the best senior night environment that I've felt in the Pfizer Forum history so far, um, With especially with Posh Alexander getting into it with the fan courtside and the fan getting kicked out. It just brought that Big East energy, that energy that we're feeling for this Big East tournament coming up here. Not only was the fan kicked out, the fan sitting courtside who was kicked out gets a standing ovation from... I want to say at least 80% of the stadium. I mean, <laughs> people people were pumped that he got kicked out in the best way possible. In the best way possible. We brought the energy. You know, Shock always talks about having a connection with the fan base. Uh, and I, I think that the team has that. You know, we have his back. We're going we're gonna to chirp the other players when they come into our house and think they can win. Yeah. Relationships, growth, victory. There's no doubt, but that also scares me when we go out to New York and we're in Posh Alexander's house and one of his buddies comes up, <laughs> comes up 
comes up to Daryl Marsal and gets in his face. So, I think this is a good segue. You mentioned we went to the Paul, the DePaul game last Wednesday down at uh, I was gonna say Allstate Wintrust Arena. Yeah, crazy. And two fans in front of us, particularly Brian, made it a point of principle. We were gonna move seats to try to get closer to the man himself, Shaka Smart. But Brian said, nope, we're chirping these guys back because Javon Freeman Liberty had hit a few threes by that point, and these guys do a 180 after we were talking you-know-what all game to them. And he comes back. These two guys come back at us, and they were just being... Pure sports fans, not not it was under the a rug. Not it was great, the, great, great, great fan, fansmanship. I would say fansmanship. Uh, we we both respected it. It's just a basketball game. We chirped during it. It was a dapped each other, dapped each other up after the game. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, it was tough. We had to come out with an L. But DePaul played great, man. You they know what? played I'll, great. I'll let's, just talk, to, let's just talk about the fans. Yeah, because. I'll give it to Chicago, Wintrust Arena, and those two guys for really showing up as like a true Big East fan base that I didn't think. I didn't think Wintrust had a fan base. We were talking about their student section sitting, and yeah, they sat, and it wasn't a great student section. Oh my but the goodness. fans in that arena could not be happier that they beat Marquette, which isn't like... I know at Games Grew Up Galley had a, had a couple tweets, which we've talked about this in the whole DJ Carton conversation. You don't tweet a lot. You are a perfectionist with tweets, and you tweet a couple times at our friend Henry Eisenberg, and also just in general about the DePaul student section. Yeah, that is true. I don't I don't tweet a ton, uh, but when I do, I, I try to I try to pick my shots. It's like Kendrick Lamar with his music. He doesn't release every week, but he releases when he wants to. Do you wish, Bridget, that you were down at the game with us, or are you okay missing that game down in Chicago? See, it's funny that you should ask because I asked Jack McCarty that night at karaoke night. I said, where is Aiden? You didn't get him to come to karaoke night? That's at Murph's on Wednesday nights on campus, just so you all know. And and I was thinking about whether or not I would have wanted to be there and had... This is bad of me to say, but had we won, I would have wanted to be there, obviously. But I flashed back to our sophomore year. We all went we all went to Madison for the Madison Marquette game. And we were walking out amidst all the Madison fans after Marquette losing, just kind of defeated. But it was still worth it to be there. So what I would say is I wish I was there and I will be a fan. Only if they won. Only if they were. <laughs> okay. So here's the deal with that Madison game. In any game I go to when I'm away and we lose, yes. Jonathan St- Taylor still didn't win the Heisman Trophy that year. Freeman Liberty still won't win the Naismith this year, and DePaul won't even go to the tournament. So I'm going to shout that on my way out to the heavens because I don't <laughs> care what happens at the game. If we're better than another team, I'm going to let them know. Let's go back to karaoke night because... <laughs> As funny as that may sound, to go back to. Go it, to karaoke song. Go. I, well, if you go oh, every week, you can't have a go-to great interruption. because then it's repeated. But this, she's the worst person to ask because I've been to karaoke probably two or three times. And she, each time, goes up to request a song to the DJ at least three times each week. I've only been up there once, and it was actually with said guest that we have. We so, sang a song uh, from Ariana, Ariana Grande, Grande that involves a deity, 
if you can figure that out, what, what the title of the song is. Like, a, do you say it involves a D-alien? No, a deity. Oh, okay. Woo. The song is God is a Woman. Oh, we have breaking news on this pod right now. Uh-oh, breaking news. I'm sorry. Day. Breaking news. What's the what? breaking news? Henry Eisenberg just came out with his bracket. Oh, oh no. No. If we want to go through it right now. Uh-oh. And I'm pretty sure we do. Let's let's tease it. So, at karaoke night, we have one of the biggest karaoke night fans at Murphs coming up right after this breaking news announcement. Zach, go ahead. We'll put in sound right here. Henry Eisenberg's picks for this year's Big East. If you miss who our friend Henry Eisenberg is, can we call him our friend? Um, I mean, he hasn't been on games. He's a future friend of ours. He's a future friend. He is a high school student. He's a, a, a credential. Yeah. He's a credentialed Big East media writer. Really great insight from Henry all year, and we really support it. Um, proud of him. I know John Fanta shout him out. Bunch of fan bases love his. Uh, okay, so Fanta has shouted him out. Yep. Okay. Here he's got first round Xavier coming out of that Xavier Butler game. DePaul coming out of the DePaul St. John's game, and Seton Hall coming out of the Seton Hall Georgetown game. <laughs> Moving on from there, we have Xavier. Beating Providence, that's a big upset Uh-oh, there. That's and a that huge upset. Thursday, early day matchup. We have Marquette advancing over Creighton. Villanova, of course, and UConn in that semifinal matchup on Friday, March 11th. And out of that, Xavier versus UConn in the final. Boys, reactions real quick. Okay, before you tell us who he has winning, mm-hmm. I want to know why he has... Xavier going so far in the tournament. And here's your answer, Brian. They were picked really high preseason in the Big East, and they do have probably the most talented roster in the Big East with all their veteran players. I'm the biggest Xavier fan. I can't say that. I'm the biggest Xavier fan to meet. But I love their roster. But as Zach said earlier, they've underperformed basically the entire season, and they're on the bubble. So I can't, I can't in good conscience put them in the finals. I'm sorry. What's but, your name? Henry. Henry. Sorry, Henry. But putting them in the semifinals, that, that gives him a, a bid, or at least a close bid to the bubble or an NCAA tournament bid. He has UConn winning it, which is no doubt a possibility in this year's Big East tournament. And now we are... All right, we're going to call an honor. Very, very excited to welcome on our next two guests, <laughs> the athletes in the house. We get to have a real live athlete. When was the last athlete we had on the show? John Fanta. Camerata. Carney. Brendan Carney. You guys are the first athletes since basketball walk-on, Brendan Carney, to appear live in the Games and Grub show. All right, so we we tease the Murphs tease. So the first athlete we'll introduce is Rachel Serafian. I mentioned I've been to karaoke night probably two or three times. How many times have you been, Rachel? I want to say about the same. Oh, I thought, it, I thought it was way more. You're definitely no, more of a karaoke enthusiast than I am. Though. Oh, yeah. You go there to sing. <laughs> At least one song, yes. All right, it, it says a lot about you. And then our second guest, her birthday, by the time this will come out on Saturday on Market Radio, she will be 22 years old. Her birthday is tomorrow by the time we're taping this. Woo! Molly Evans. Molly, we just celebrated your, you at dinner. Yes. How were the tacos? 
delicious as always, but the company was even better. Where were they from? Oh, good one. You came prepared for this Vagabond. interview. Naturally. That's what wow. I do best, Brian. Vagabond. Okay. Vagabond. One of the best taco spots in Milwaukee. I would one not of, say it's up it, down, but it's, it's not. not okay, so you said one of. Is mm -hmm. it the best or is Bel Air ahead of it? Um... Well, I feel like that's like the ugly stepsister, Bel Air, but to Whoa. be honest. That's a clip. <laughs> to be honest, I don't discriminate when it comes to tacos. Any form of taco I will eat, authentic or Taco Bell, ask Brian. I will eat all of it. Tacos are my favorite food. That's the most authentic you'll hear Molly, because that is Molly in a nutshell. She'll eat the wow. Taco Bell, she'll eat the champagne of tacos out there at Vegabon, and she'll enjoy it all. Yeah, cool. can confirm. <laughs> Bigger question in a, in a taco joint in a Mexican restaurant, the margaritas. Because everyone's looking at the marg. To go to the place, you know, you don't look at the tacos first. You're looking at what are they putting on them? Are they putting tahini on the edge of the glass? Are they putting salt? Do they got sugar? What's it on the rim? Tahini? Tahini? Bro. You want to explain to this guy what tahini like is, Molly? Yeah, it's, it's like, like a little. Oh, okay. Okay, so that, that was that was the joke tonight that Molly was actually in the bathroom changing when we ordered drinks. Oh. And Brian was gonna order. Chili I said. I said on her when they rim. were getting Molly's drink, I just like like looked at the waitress. I said, and just put some chili powder on the rim too. <laughs> yeah. She she did not do it. So good waitress. She earned her tip. Good waitress. She read straight through my my fake play there. Was she, she not gonna get a tip if she put automatic? It was automatic gratitude. It wasn't our choice. <laughs> gratitude. If I were to be a drink, I That's would what be it's a called. spicy margarita. So not that. gratitude. <laughs> Although I am I'm very gratitude that you guys would do the show. <laughs> it is not ratatouille. It's ratatouille. <laughs> All right. All right. Ratatouille so cooked those tacos because they're really good. Though. So like I said, we have two athletes on the show here and Molly and Rachel. Please state your event, your second event, and the event you wish you could do. Ooh. This is like Rosebud right, Thorn, so but for hi, athletes. I'm Molly Evans. Freshly 22. Everything will be alright. Yeah, Margarita enthusiast. Little side hustle, taco enthusiast as well. It's not a coffee vibe, but still up there. Um, not a coffee I'm a triple jumper. I'm from Elmhurst, Illinois. And if I could do another of Hi, Molly. Hi, Aiden. <laughs> um, if I could do another event, I feel like the hardest one of the hardest events in track and field that's super underappreciated is the 400 hurdles mm. no question i did 300 hurdles in high school and it was a bitch i'm not gonna lie mm -hmm. make it even we'll bleep that out you don't have to worry about it 400 super super tough mm -hmm. on the weekends i do drink 100 percent silver <laughs> 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 thank you thank you all right, Rachel. Bring it off to Rachel. <laughs> All right, um, I'm Rachel, 21, almost 22. Not Hi, quite Rachel. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> um, I'm sporting a coffee barrel cream That's ale right cool. now. Ooh. Period. And I'm what, a pool what brand holder. is that? Oh, um, Kentucky. That is a state, not Kentucky a brand. Ale. Honey. Kentucky Ale. Oh, sorry. Lexington Brewing and Distilling. Okay, Club. love that. Check it out. Shut up. Um, I'm a full vaulter. Shout out no Coach Kyle. Event. Um, but if I could do any other event, I, can I pick another sport? Yeah, go for it. Is that okay? Of course. 
I would like to be a volleyball player. Ah, why? I always thought that was the coolest sport. Um, they get they get the fan base. Um, they get the cheers, the crowd, everything. Track and field doesn't get that as much. So. Who Not showed up to three or four of your meets uh, this year? That, that's funny because I'm sitting right next that's to funny, the biggest Marquette track and field I fan we've all of been. maybe all time. I believe I am. You I would like to. You're on the Mount Rushmore Marquette track and field fans. We need more people like you. Well, even though, let's let's go around the table, though. We went to... We uh, went to UWM. Okay, so you went to one meet. UWM. Parkside. UWM Parkside. Notre Dame. This year, you really sucked it up. Okay, substitute Notre Dame, but I went to Madison. So we went to three each, me and Zach. I went to two. Bridget went to two. UWM and Notre Dame. You I'm going to tell well. you something about these track meets. All right, now everyone's complaints. Everyone's like, we're in a hot gym for way too long. Now, that ain't the deal every time, all right? That Notre Dame track, that indoor facility was one of the most beautiful architectural places I've ever been in. It was fabulous. It, it was, was so fabulous. It was one of the nicest buildings I'd been in in years. And I got to enjoy a great day watching people run around in circles while I didn't have to, jump really high as humans humanly possible and and see people break records left and right families hugging each other it was a great time there were two boys who broke four minutes on the mile that day it was insane all right so that notre dame meet that they're talking about with the lovely facility shocker was in the past <laughs> okay in the future coming here we have your guys's senior year outdoor season what are you most looking forward to well, reflecting the season that we've science. had thus far for indoor, we had indoor conference uh, two weeks ago, February 25th and 26th, and genuinely it was the most fun track meet I think I've ever had in my collegiate career. It was just, it was really fun. Positive vibes going into it, and I think it's because I had very limited expectations for myself. And senior year, I'm just trying to embrace every moment, good or bad, and just hope that the stars align when they're supposed to. So I've put in the work, and I'm just waiting for Whatever I, <laughs> I, the analogy just ran out of my head. That's okay. Rachel, Rachel answer, and then I got a good kind of last question to follow up about the athletes. Sure, yeah. Um, I think, especially with the last couple of meets, our team has just had this really great energy about us. Um, so I'm excited what we can do for outdoor because indoor, you're in these facilities, the echoes are bouncing off the ceiling, but outdoor, you got to bring a whole another level of hype to these meets. So. I'm sorry, but another is an issue. Another, she said. <laughs> I, and we are going to bring it, Shelly. I promise you that. To see you guys there, yeah. All right, last question for both of you. NIL deal. Ooh. Your dream sponsorship. That can't be Duck Nachos from Uncle Bucks. Already taken. I was just already taken. I just saw that. That was so funny. Um Is it Taco Bell? My dream sponsorship. See, I'd have to give it a little bit of thought because Brian's looking at me like like I already have the answer. <laughs> Oh, I think Zach's saying Hot Cheetos. Um, the answer is no, not Hot Cheetos. Because I would want to partner with a brand that's like... Reputable. With reputable, moral, ethical... Molly would want to partner with my former organization, the one and only Chipotle. <laughs> look, at, look at that. We finish each other's sentences. Exactly. We finish each other's gritables. You know, that one was definitely up there. Um, honestly, so I'm also a 
body armor athlete right now. They do a lot of stuff with like college athletes. Love myself some good body armor. Is that a deal you've already signed? No, it's not a deal. They just give me free stuff. I don't even know what it entails. I just drink it. I do get a discount code. I've never promoted it. Can you promote it right here? Molly 10. Molly 22. It's probably, yeah. Unless it's... By the time, by the time this, by the time this comes out, we're gonna have to get a promo code so that we can run an ad on our show. This is promoted by Body Armor. Kobe was an investor. Yeah. R.I.P. Promo code Molly twenty two will get you zero percent off your next purchase. Molly Mamba will get you your next get you your next discounted purchase. Last question from over here. Today, the day of the recording. Is International Women's Day. As That's two right. young athletes, who are the women that you guys look up to in sports for inspiration? That's a beautiful question, Brian. I'd glad the answer first, if that's a okay show. Go ahead. Two of the most amazing athletes to ever step on the face of this earth is Simone Biles and Serena Williams. There's no question. Two good ones. Two black women that need a lot more appreciation and gratitude than they deserve and i feel like the media depicts them in like this really rigid light that they just don't deserve again we hear about do they do they need more gratitude or more gratuity Gratuity. (laughs) (laughs) no i totally agree those are those are two definitely awesome ones i mean talk about intense competitors serena's but that's the thing but they're great women yeah they're great women they're great athletes but they're also great women i feel like everyone again just has this idea that like we depict women as like aggressive or they're great athletes or this one fixed light but there's so much more than just athletes they're great mothers they're great humans they're great sisters they're great people and they're so brave for doing what they do like simone bows has been both of them have been through so much adversity you know they both came from really limited stuff and they've made everything out of nothing and yet they're so humble so I definitely would love to be more like them. Serena is definitely definitely a great one there. Just I don't know if we watched the Don Van Natta um, uncovered episode about Serena Williams. ESPN original. ESPN original. And it just it really showed her fight and she wasn't gonna step down to anyone, not even a man standing, literally sitting in a podium above her, the official of one of her uh, matches and and she talked right up to him, like she was above him, five stories. Good, no she. And I'd like to second about Simone Biles because she has been the absolute face of mental health in the past I don't know couple months, um, and that's something that we definitely need as athletes is a little bit more mental health advocacy because. Um, definitely something that a lot of women in sports struggle with and i think a lot of athletes in general but just definitely something to be aware of on this international women's day all right so you're gonna go with bows too oh we have a a previous guest coming back on (laughs) molly rachel lizzie and kendall are my favorite women athletes retweet that But Bridget, no need to be humble. She's ran a marathon, and she's ran it in under four. Two, ma- two, two marathons. marathons. Three? Three, Three. marathons. Whoa. No, I okay. So quick story time, if I can take the floor. Bridget and I met freshman year in Cobain, and she told me one day, I think it was second semester freshman year, she's like, hey, oh yeah, I'm just like training for a marathon that I'm running next week, and I was like, girl, what are you talking about? So I made her this little poster, and she ran her first marathon in like what, 3:35. 
astronomically wild Fast. to go under four hours in your first marathon, Bridget Hughes. So, no, she is not an official D1 athlete, but she deserves all the roses while she can still smell them. She's beyond NARP of the Week. <laughs> Way to go, Bridget. <laughs> Who's NARP of the Week this week? Oh boy. Well, let's say we have our a, official voting crew here, so why don't we let you guys answer that for us? We're recording this on a Tuesday, so. <laughs> Humphrey's knock of the week is out. Humphrey goes by Stinky in the in the girls' repertoire. I think uh, okay, so I think we're getting no votes here, boys, for NARP of the week for any of us. I nominate myself. It's just disappointing. I would nominate myself as well. I'd nominate myself for shutting down some dude at the gym that thought he had swag. Zach, Zach looks like Patrick Beverly out there. I, I kid you not. He's getting in this guy's head. He's getting in his face. He, the guy was rattled for a little bit, and then he kind of got past it. But it was a great defensive performance on Zach's part. I'll say this. At the gym today... ESPN's gambling show Daily Wager was on the TV while I'm on the bike. And the news gave us all we need to talk about for this next segment. So that's what we're going to do right after this. Girls, thank you so much, the three of you. Bridget, Molly, Rachel, you guys are the best. Good luck in the outdoor season. And we'll have you on real soon. Thank you, Gabes and Grub. Thank you. Way to go, Bridget. Let's talk some football. We are taping this on March 8th, which just so happened to be the biggest day of the NFL offseason so far. Let's start first in our home state of Wisconsin, where Aaron Rodgers will be returning to the Green Bay Packers next season. I'm sitting next to Brian, the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan I know. Brian, how do you feel? All right, let's let's not blow this out of proportion. I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan somebody knows. But I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a hater of him. It's not productive to be a hater of him. He's going to beat the Vikings once or twice a year. Um, you know, most times we don't lose to them in the playoffs. So it's like when it comes down to it, like the last couple of years, we're always playing the Saints in the playoffs. Uh, so I, you know, I, I wouldn't call myself the biggest fan of his, uh, but I'm also not a detractor of his. Uh, you know, we don't know how much he signed on for yet. The reports are saying the $200 million, but other reports are saying that he hasn't signed the contract yet. Uh, I think it's good he's back with the Packers. I think it's the situation that, you know, yeah, he wants them to give him more control. He wants to have Devontae back. He wants to have all of his guys back on the team. But the fact of the matter is is they went 13-3 and last year. They we had, should, they've had nine, nine regular season losses over the last three years. Just to sure. add to your point, we should also mention that it was reported that Adams is getting the tag today, right? Yeah, but you know, the, I've been hearing there's two types of tags. Some some people are given the tag. If you're a younger player, that's usually a good thing. But if you're a guy like Devonte Adams, you want a long-term contract. You want to know you have guaranteed money for four years, right? Um, but so this is a a slapped franchise tag. It's been slapped upon him. That's the problem with Dak Prescott too that he had before the injury. Yeah, you know, I, I, these these franchise tags, it's funny how the different teams handle them. Hey, your guy, Kirk Cousins, he's had what? He, he's Ten got, of them. dude, he's got us in contract H-E double hockey sticks right now. I mean, <laughs> don't even get me started on that. I, I feel like we would like to move forward and, like, move on from him, but it's... We, we do think we can win with him, too. If everything else goes right, we can win with him, so... I agree that the best situation for Rodgers... 
from a football perspective was to stay in Green Bay with the Packers. And we'll get to the Broncos in a second. The next the next idea was to get him to Denver, to get him to Pittsburgh, or to Tennessee. That was his potential third candidate. But from a football perspective, he's got the best wide receiver in football in Devontae. And he mentioned he's coming back on this franchise tag. He's got a coach in Matt LaFleur who he clearly likes, Aaron Rodgers. He may not be in the biggest market, but Aaron Rodgers wants to win. The only thing he likes, I won't I won't say he likes more. He, first of all, he likes people talking about him. Second of all, he likes to win, okay? In that order, tongue-in-cheek, obviously. And where can he win? Green Bay, no doubt. Definitely in the regular season and, and the attention he's brought. <laughs> I'm not joking about that. In the regular in, season. In the right. regular season because the attention he's brought to the team and, and everything about Aaron Rodgers. It's, everyone's on constant Aaron Rodgers watch. I'm sick of it, Aiden. I seriously I'm am. I'm so sick of it. Everyone's done with it. If he can win in the regular season, sure, I'm going to let him have a great year. He's probably going to have one singular season of great regular season football. He's going to lose in the playoffs again. It's going to be a... What are you going to do this time next year? Contract. He signed a four-year deal. He didn't, though. He didn't sign it, bro. As Look, of this taping, he, he tweeted. A he tweeted out today that he was still in talks, negotiation for contract. You, I say it's no more than a year. The point of this is it has been talked that if he was going to stay with the Packers, he would stay with the Packers long-ish term. He's he doesn't have time to be jumping around from team to team. If he's gonna stay with them now, he might as well stay with them for the it's, rest of his career. No. They're they're gonna move on from Jordan Love, which that's where this all started. They drafted Jordan Love. Was that was he a first rounder or was that a second first rounder? First rounder. They traded first up. rounder. They wasted a first rounder on a quarterback mm-hmm. that they're gonna get rid of him. I agree. Yeah. Why they'll get rid of him. Them? That's what started all of this. Okay. So that's it's, what made Aaron Rodgers sit there and think, why don't I get a team that is gonna work for me? It's the opposite of the of the Tom Brady deal, if you think of it in the sense where the quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo with Tom's two year contract. So he he wants to stay. Do does he want to stay? The organization do they want him? They only give him two years. Are you Aaron ref- Rodgers? Are you talking about the Garoppolo situation? Yeah. Or are you talking about Tampa? No, 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 the Garoppolo situation. Aaron Rodgers is going to get as many years as as the Packers want out of him. As as the Packers can get, they'll take Aaron Rodgers for however many years. I think it's only going to be a one and done. So I think this is a wash for the Packers organization. I think they should move on now. Why why wait an entire regular season of winning games just to lose in the playoff to no, have that no, starting you block? You can't think like that. One more year. The 49ers were a damn good football team this year. Yeah, the loss the loss wasn't good. AJ Dillon got injured in the game. Neither was it last year when they lost to Tampa Bay right, or the year before. But the, so the NFL is hard. Each okay. one of these teams are a well-oiled machine once it get, comes playoff time. Zach's, know, Zach's leaving the home studio, you Mike. Always, you can't always come out on top. And sadly, when it comes to an Aaron Rodgers point, I actually agree with Brian because Rodgers, if you're a GM, if you're Brian Gutekunst, GM of Green Bay, you cannot rely on the fact and the negative thinking that, oh, he's just going to lose in the playoffs the next year. If you're Green Bay, your alternative is Jordan Love. Granted, you saw him in one game against the Chiefs when Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID. He looked horrendous in that one game against the Chiefs defense. I know it's one game, but would you rather have a complete wild card in Jordan Love? He's He'll be going into his third year this year on the bench for the most part or an Aaron Rodgers who will take up a lot of your salary cap and you're going to pay Devontae Adams as well but 
he's a back-to-back MVP. And Aaron Rod- uh, excuse me, Devontae Adams, to me, is the best wide receiver in football. You got to take that deal if you're Gutekinds. And as much as Aaron Rodgers is a pain in the butt to your organization, you have to do it for the fans. And if you don't, you're not doing your job as general manager. And especially after you see the Super Bowl champions this year, the Rams. I mean, they spend big. They take some risks. But what, what is it about? When you have a quarterback, you got to pay a little bit more to get yourself over the hump. To, to get to get those guys that are going to win you games in the long term. Oh, I mean, think about the Rams. The Rams spent money on Odell Beckham. They spent money on uh, Von Miller midseason. They they obviously spent a lot of a lot of money in terms of assets and and draft picks uh, to get Matthew Stafford. Uh, so I mean, I, I think the Packers the Packers are realizing it a little bit too late. I think is what's what's going on. Oh really. But, so do you like? Are you pessimistic on their chances next year in the NFC? I, I just think they would have been in a better position to like kind of sell out for a championship like that in previous years. Okay, so with Rodgers coming back and most likely Adams coming back, and they have think about it, probably the core of their roster back. Obviously, they all get a year older as Humphrey's fiddling with our pillows here in our home studio. It's 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 an interesting NFC because. Obviously, you have the Rams as the defending champions. Tom Brady retires, so the Buccaneers... Or, or does he? I mean, if people... If we don't know if that door is really it's, closed. It's Tom Brady. I think he I'll, sits I'll out this... It. I think this year he's not playing. I bet he sits out like the first four games. I bet there's some weird contract no, void after there's four no, games. Come comes on. back, plays for the 49ers. You know, no, that's, come on. That's what the rumblings are these days. Jameis Winston will be, lead the Buccaneers to a second Super Bowl in three seasons. So uh, you, Just kidding. You know, we're, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, talking about how the Packers... You know, don't want to sell out to to get that guy to get a Super Bowl. Uh, a team that was willing to sell out today. Oh my God, I almost forgot the Broncos and the Seahawks. You know, it's funny they said that that the league was waiting on Aaron Rodgers and that he was going to be the first domino to fall, and everything was kind of waiting to see what he did because nobody really knew. Well, it really turned out that way because just an hour after the Aaron Rodgers news, boom, the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson and a fourth round pick. <laughs> To the Denver Broncos for two firsts, two seconds, a fifth. Quarterback Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fan. Wow. It's a pretty big haul. Two first rounders, two second rounders, and a fifth rounder. And Drew Locke, which hasn't shown us much. Noah Fan, pretty good tight end in the FC. And Shelby Harris, a pretty good defensive end for a good Broncos defensive unit. That is a big haul for Russell Wilson. How old is Russell Wilson? He's he's like on the older end of quarterbacks these days, isn't he? Let's look it up. Let's do our research here in our home the studio. Games research and grow. department is at is at work right now. Russell Wilson's thirty three years old. So you just you just paid for a veteran. A guy that's gonna come out and compete for you every day. Now I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson guy, but he's won a Super he's, Bowl. He's a, he's a damn good quarterback. I ben, don't I don't think that he's ben I don't did, think that he's in the class of a Mahomes or an Allen by any means. But I mean he's a he's a he's a great quarterback. Okay, so if you go through, it's funny you say that because in the in the tiers of quarterbacks after this season in the. In, in the entire NFL, the tier A guys are definitely Mahomes and Allen 
Rodgers and Brady. And so Brady's gone. So I think Rodgers has to... Mahomes, Allen, think and Rodgers... Think about that. ...has to be in that. If Tom Brady didn't retire, the best, the, the top four quarterbacks, almost unarguably, would be Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers. But I think Russell Wilson, for as much as... Obviously, they did, they did not make the playoffs this year. It's the Seahawks. And I think their roster... but They have great... They, had, they have great skill guys, but the one thing that most of the media has harped on, and it's very, you know, deserved with Russell Wilson, is he's on pace to become the most sacked quarterback in the history of the NFL by the time he retires. So by the time that Russell Wilson leaves this league, he will be sacked more than anybody in the entire history of the league. So if he gets a good offensive line behind him, the Broncos have good skill guys and obviously they just gave up Noah Fant today but you've got guys like Jerry Judy the Alabama product you've got some good skill guys on the offensive end obviously you give away Shelby Harris today which also hurts from a defensive perspective and they give away they gave away Von Miller to the Rams today or excuse me in this in this uh, trade deadline to the Rams but they got a good overall roster, and that's why, speaking of NARP of the week, going on the exercise bike this morning and sitting in front of the TV watching ESPN's Daily Wager show, the Broncos today catapulted to fourth in the entire league in Super Bowl odds. Behind, I was shocked. I was shocked when you told me that. Behind only the Chiefs, Broncos, and I believe Green Bay. So there's that for how much the league and how much Vegas thinks of the Broncos today. Yeah, that's, I mean, I guess it makes sense because people have been saying, you know, the one thing that's been holding the Broncos back has been that reliable quarterback. Um, You know, I joked at dinner tonight that, uh, that as far as I'm concerned, Teddy Bridgewater is still the quarterback here. <laughs> but no, I mean seriously, they, they are getting an extreme upgrade at quarterback from 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 what they've had in the past. I mean, think about who all the quarterbacks Denver has had since Peyton Manning. They had Brock Osweiler. They had uh, oh Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke. Obviously, Trevor Simeon. Bridge. Oh, Trevor Simeon. I mean, Simeon. dude, they they've had all the bad quarterbacks. I think since that Peyton Manning Super Bowl, and I want to go down the depth chart here in terms of their overall depth chart for skills that they got right now with Russell Wilson. All right, here's a name for you, Paxton Lynch. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so how many quarterbacks do you have any how many quarterbacks they've gone through since Peyton Manning retired? So you do that in terms of how many got ten plus ten plus. I think it's eleven. Yeah, since Peyton Manning retired in two thousand fifteen. Dude, Case Keenum, they should have stuck with him, just like the just like the Vikings. He was with Denver. Yeah, for a little oh bit. Goodness. I think I remember. I think I remember that. Okay, so in terms of the depth chart today, you got obviously Bridgewater at quarterback, but Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon in the backfield. I think. Williams showed you a little bit out of North Carolina. Melvin Gordon can still do it. What happened to uh, Phil Lindsay? Where did he end up? He got cut. Ended up with the. He got cut, dude. He was well. He was like. I think he was put on waivers. He got picked up by the Texans. He, I, I remember he had a killer rookie year. People thought I thought he was going to be good. So in oh. terms of their receiver core, I mentioned Jerry Judy. 
Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick. Haven't heard of Tim Patrick, honestly. <laughs> Sorry. Kendall Hinton, also as wide receiver three. Remember him playing quarterback. I, th- I guess you can count him as one of the starting quarterbacks that Denver has put out there since Peyton Manning retired because remember that one COVID game when Drew Locke and Lynch, I believe, were put on the COVID list and they had to start Kendall Hinton, that quarterback, who was a college QB but known as a wide receiver, an NFL wide receiver, and that was a complete train wreck. I don't know if uh, Elias Sports Bureau counts Kendall Hinton as one of the 11 quarterbacks since Peyton Manning retired, but that you know obviously holds merit that John Elway who was this all-world quarterback did not put together anything after Peyton Manning retired and I think even though he stepped away from football operations still has a role within the team and clearly wanted to put something together and that's why they get Russell Wilson all right so here we go since Peyton Manning retired 2015 they win the Super Bowl 2016, Trevor Simeon started 14 games, Paxton Lynch 2. 2017, Simeon 10 games, Brock Osweiler for 4 games, Paxton Lynch for 2 more. 2018, Case Keenum for the whole season. So that was your old guy there in Minnesota, Brian. And then this is where it gets ugly. 2019, Joe Flacco, remember, first 8 games. Drew Locke, 5. Brandon Allen, 3. You get to last year, Drew Locke, 13 games. Jeff Driscoll for a game. Brett Rippon, straight out of Boise State. Shout out to the Broncos of Boise State, not of Denver. He was with one game. And it says Philip Lindsay on this game as well. But that's that was the that was the Kendall Hinton game, week 12, 2020 against the Saints. And the last year, Teddy Bridgewater, 14 games, Drew Locke, 3. That's the list of Broncos starting quarterbacks since Peyton Manning retired. Yeah, dude, that's wild. Like, it you can't be a functional team if that's like what your quarterback room looks like on a on a week to week, year to year basis. I mean, uh, I think it's all about continuity. You need someone that's going to be able to learn the system. Uh, usually, quarterbacks don't win a Super Bowl in their first year on a new team. I mean, obviously, Matthew Stafford just did it with the Rams, but uh, it usually takes a guy two, three years to really get used to his system. I, I, I want to ask you something about the Russell Wilson. I, I looked it up, but obviously the internet has been flooded with the recent Russell Wilson news stories. But I'm looking for an older one. It's about when he was getting drafted and how the Broncos didn't want to draft him because he wasn't tall enough. Yeah. When, when you said Elway and how he's been unable to kind of put together a team... That, that made me think of that story, and, and I'm almost certain it was the Broncos. Does that does that recall anything? I think a lot of teams probably had that reservation about Russ because he's not very big, under six feet, and I can't remember which year Elway took over football operations for Denver. <laughs> I was just going through this old QB list of Denver Broncos starting QBs, Obviously, Brock Osweiler had the seven games that they won the Super Bowl in. 2009, (laughs) you'll appreciate this. 2009, Kyle Orton started 15 games. 
who the hell is Kyle Orton? Who started the one other game? You remember Kyle Orton? No. Oh my goodness, Kyle Orton. He was one of the great Dallas Cowboys quarterbacks. Now, dude, I didn't. I didn't watch football in the early 2000s. I don't know like any of those players. So Kyle, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. He was not an all timer for the Cowboys. <laughs> that was uh, the start of his Broncos career. Actually, he was picked. Okay, so he paid for the Bears from 05 to 08, Broncos from 2009 to 11. Besides the point, Kyle Orton started 15 games for the Broncos. Who started the other one game that season? Quick trivia. For the Broncos, 2009. 2009. Kyle Orton, 15 games. Who started the last game? It's a name I know. It's a name you know. Huh. It's not Tim Tebow. He comes the next year. Kevin O'Connell. Is it my new head coach? Chris Chris Sims. Was it actually? One game. <laughs> oh my god. Dude. Started one dude, game in 09. Chris Sims, what a legend. Oh <laughs> nine, he wore jersey number two. <laughs> Shout out to Chris Sims, your I, favorite I guess I podcaster. I didn't realize he played in Denver. He, he, dude, he's been all around. He, since, he was in, he was in Tampa Bay. He was in New England. I mean, I mean, since 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 we're so off the rails here, do we dare go through his career arc? He was drafted by the Texas. Buccaneers in two thousand three. Yeah, third round, ninety seventh pick. Goes to Tampa Bay for five years. Tennessee for one year, Denver that one year, and Tennessee for one year. Retires, goes to New England as a coach in 2012, and that's it for his NFL coaching yeah, slash was, playing he career. He was a quality control guy for New England. He was something like that. Yep. And then he uh, he transitioned. He started with uh, Sims and Lefko. Was that what it was called? Lefko and Sims? Simpson Lefko. That was your old show. I can't yeah. believe you don't remember the name. And uh, oh, I forgot the order of it. Um, and then he got, you know, he got brought on by NBC, and then him and Mike Florio have been getting getting after it ever since. Um, All right, there's a little tangent for you. But Russell Wilson, let's get back on the let's get back on the trail here. Yeah. Oh, speaking of teams that need quarterbacks, dude, what what are your New England Patriots going to be doing this offseason? In the quarterback position? Yeah, you nothing. Guys, you guys need to definitely add some depth to that oh, position. Oh, come on. You've had too many margaritas tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Mac Jones will be just fine. Did you see he's cutting out ice cream? Is he really? Yes. Because he, he was a big ice cream guy, wasn't he? Yes, and this was one of... You know, we obviously love the DA show around here, and we love Sean Morass, but... He ripped Mac Jones for being too much of a Tom Brady for trying to cut out ice cream in his diet in terms of trying to be like, obviously, Tom Brady with the avocado ice cream stuff. Oh, this is just like Tom Brady. Why can't you be your own quarterback? I think the Patriots would get worse after this, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I love ice cream more than anybody. And anyone in this home studio can attest I think this shows great self-discipline by my quarterback, a great sense of improvement after, what was it, a 10-7 and season by the Patriots, winning 10 games as a rookie quarterback. He senses not only the potential, but also the, uh, the accomplishment of last year and how well he could perform under Belichick. 
cutting out ice cream as much as this is games and grub sports food and everything in between he's cutting out those banana splits and sometimes as an athlete not as a podcaster as an athlete not as a radio host but as an athlete that's what you got to do no just just because you brought him up again oh boy tom brady (laughs) you say he's eating his avocado ice cream have you ever heard of his water jug that he carries around I think he carries around this giant, giant water jug. I know his. I know his math equation behind water drinking. You drink half your body weight in ounces in water every day. So if you so if you weigh 150 pounds, you drink 75 ounces a day of water. I feel like I drink a lot of water. Fluid ounces. So he, but he always carries it around, and and. and I guess somebody like asked, like somebody else close to Tom Brady, you know, is uh, like, is he staying in shape? And they're like, he's still carrying the jug. He's, he's still working out. He's still he's still like keeping his body in tune. So as Mac Jones is becoming more like Tom Brady, Tom Brady's retired and he's still doing Tom Brady things. Okay, last NFL story: Calvin Ridley. He is suspended for a year. For gambling on NFL games, we are not we are not doing a top five tweets because the only tweet that we could possibly nominate is his tweet saying, "quote I only bet fifteen hundred. I do not have a gambling problem." That's the tweet. That's the top five tweets this week. DraftKings fan duel are obviously in bed with the NFL these days. What does the NFL do, Brian? If anything, to solve this problem between the the contradiction between Calvin Ridley being banned for a year and the NFL sponsorships with gambling, you know I've heard takes all over the board on this, uh, and and I have to say I don't think I am, I guess educated enough into their education about gambling and like like did, did he know that was a rule? And I mean I think this situation is a little different because he was away from the team. Um, and just the the fact that he bet on them to win like in a parlay it wasn't it wasn't anything he communicated it wasn't any it's, there's no other signs of tampering with the integrity of the game except for the fact that he bet on it from a distant location right right he 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 wasn't in the locker room every day at this point in time it was it was more of just a uh a fan's perspective of gambling i'd say for him it was a. it seems like it was obviously i think he has to be a little bit more cognizant of the obviously rule around how much gambling you know is, is part of the rule book for an nfl player and i think it brings up a huge conversation about how much I think the NFL has to scale back a little bit, and I think not only do not only do the players have to know the rules, but also the NFL needs to scale back a little bit in terms of this part of their plan for revenue generation, partnering with FanDuel, partnering, partnering, partnering with DraftKings and all these entities, you know, Daily Fantasy, whatever it may be. It just causes a conflict because you can. If he, if Calvin Ridley can bet on, you know, the NHL or the NBA or baseball or any other sport besides his own, it 
it just seems like how would you believe that he's not betting on the NFL? NFL. So, well, and, great. and I think the one thing that this that this Calvin Ridley story has brought about is, uh, I feel like a lot of people have you know kind of stopped and looked and said, five years ago compared to today, look where sports sports gambling has has come to. Uh, I mean, five years ago, you couldn't really sports gamble legally anywhere, and now it's, uh, I feel like for a lot of people, it's almost a regular, it's a regular thing, and uh, the rules definitely do seem a little outdated. Decent point, and I think it could be argued that they could be outdated, and I think this will be a type of, and again, I don't mean to make it apples to apples, but the way the 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 NFL has dealt with domestic violence in the last 10 to 15 years in realizing how much they needed to repair that relationship in their rule book, I think it needs to be similarly addressed in terms of this Calvin Ridley situation because there's so many that are vocalizing how much you know Ray Rice gets suspended and how much Adrian Peterson Adrian, got Adrian Peterson and how much the NFL needed to repair that and make it right the way that the NFL as we mentioned prioritizes gambling in so much of their revenue generation and how much they suspended Calvary really they're taking away his salary for an entire year that obviously means a lot to him and his family and I'm sure he has a bunch of money we're not you know saying anything like that but in terms of the optics of it, I think the NFL will make changes after this. Okay, next. Real quick, Coach K losing to UNC. We, uh, you wanted to do Dude, this is this was the best story of the weekend. <laughs> Maybe the best story of the college basketball season. It, now, now is it, Zach still packing? It, it, it won't be complete until... Like, like if Coach K goes and wins the national championship, and that's what you've been hearing. You know, he loses his last game at Cameron Indoor. He he does the whole thing where after the game at the whole ceremony with, you know, 90 former players and all the family and celebrities there. It's a whole celebration of Coach K. And he gets up there and he just tells everybody, shut the F up. <laughs> Can say, you imagine? Say that again? No, I mean, he didn't actually say that, but, I mean, he told everybody to shut up. Oh, after the yeah, okay, and, and yeah, he goes, last. he goes, that was a disappointing performance, like right, like dude, <laughs> yeah, it was disappointing, but you don't have to go make a situation out of it like that. Um, but no, so yeah, some people have been saying he's gonna go win the national championship, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I hope not, I hope not. That's the last thing we need. That's the last thing America as a sports town would need because not sports town, but as a sports fan base. It's it's similar to the Patriots. It's similar to the Yankees. Everyone hates Duke basketball. And for Duke to win this final year, if they would win the national championship, which, again, is so – we are so far away. We're taping this on March 8th. We haven't even had Selection Sunday yet. We haven't, The Big East tournament hasn't even started. But if Duke was to win the national championship this year, it would be devastating for America. Simple as that. <laughs> So, state of emergency, martial law. If Duke state, wins the national state of if state. the last image of Coach K that we get is him cutting the net down, no, I can't have get it. Get me out of here. I can't get me out of here. I can't have it. You, you know what I heard somebody say? I can't remember who said it. Oh, it, it made me. It made me like, like, like almost like cough from laughing so much. <laughs> they said Coach K is going to retire from Duke. 
He's done with college basketball. But LeBron's favorite coach of all time is Coach K. Coach K goes and coaches the Lakers. Boom. No. Boom. No. Yeah. Think you about it. He coached, he coached LeBron at, at the... And they're going to give Vogel the zig this year. I could see it. Would he do it? Would he do it for a year just to f around? Just see what happens. Just see what happens. Oh my goodness! Imagine if they give. I mean, most likely again, March eighth. Frank Vogel most likely gonna get the zig in Los Angeles. Coach K leaving Duke. Is he retiring from coaching or is he retiring from Duke? You heard it here first. Coach K in purple and gold next year. All right, anything else we missed from the stack? Kyrie as the Celtics being a scorned girlfriend. We talked well, about as it, as it sits with just me and you here, I figured we ought to give an update of our preseason NBA bet. In the Western oh, Conference, the Timberwolves sit at 37 wins, 29 losses, and your Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference have 39 wins and 27 losses. So you guys are a little ahead of us. You guys have gone on a hot streak. You guys are the five seed in the East. We're the seven seed in the West. Uh, but, you know, both teams are playing well, and uh, it should be an exciting season coming down the stretch here. We will definitely be back. I think we should address, you know, the... The, the leave the, of absence. The leave of absence. We should we should address our, our programming since for about the last, what, two or three weeks. No, um, dude, it's all semester. Since this whole year. What do you mean two, three weeks? Well, in terms of games and grub, our last posted episode was February 12th. Okay, so it's been a little less than a month. We're taping this again on, on a Tuesday, the 8th of March. I mean, we, long, we long made, story short, we got busy. Long story short, we got busy. We made the joke, obviously off the air, that as first-year students, that we were dying for things to do on the weekends. And now... With family commitments, with you know, out of school commitments on weekends, obviously working full time, Zach and Brian, Saturdays and Sundays have become, you know, they uh, go by fast, man. They go by they fast. Go by fast. They go by fast, and we've had some commitments that we have just had to tend to, and that doesn't mean that games of grub is not a priority. I mean, I think we can say this pretty honest. I, I know I can say this pretty honestly, that this last semester, it's a victory lap for us. We've been doing this for four years. Waking up early on the Saturday at least, morning. At least, we, at, least we, at least I know I have. Since the freshman year days, back when it was Jackson and Kevin messing about LeBron and Michael Jordan. And for us, we've hit the midway point. This is the week before spring break, which means it's midterms at Marquette, which means we're halfway through the last semester of senior year. But that does not mean that we are going away. We are going to finish this semester strong for the fans, and we are going to finish Games and Grub how we started, which is with the same passion and enthusiasm and energy which we started four years ago. Dude, what a speech, man. 100%. 
That's not, that is not, I don't I would consider that a speech. We'll do the speech, speech at the end dude, of the Speech, dude, that was Herb Brooks. That was some Herb Brooks S-H-I-T right there. Hey, we will, we'll do the speech at the end of the semester when all of us will be able to, you know, a little bit more soberly explain how much Games and Grub means to us. Dude, game, Games and Grub's everything, and, uh, and we're sorry we haven't been able to produce as much content, but, you know, it's uh, sports, sports don't stop, and you know what else doesn't stop? Life. Food. <laughs> you gotta eat. You gotta eat every day. You gotta eat every day. Sports and food—they don't stop. I think we should put that as a drop. You gotta eat every day. This is live producing. All right, we're up to okay. Segment two is at about thirty-five minutes. What? Anything else that we have before signing off? It's late. I think that's it. We did, we did the breaking NFL news, and we did Marquette. A little bit of Coach K. We did a little National Marquette Day. Good luck to baseball on their lockout. Good luck to Kyrie for finding another scorned girlfriend. Good luck to America fighting in faith against Coach K in March Madness. That's it. That's all I got. Signing off. All right. In the famed words of John Fanta. This has been Games and Grub.